Hello, everybody. Welcome to another new episode of the Premier Raleigh Small Business and Special Interest Podcast, where we bring you stories from business owners and special interest groups from around the triangle. Welcome back, guys. I have Patrice here with me today on the Raleigh Small Business Podcast, and her company is called The Colors of Yoga. And I'm going to kind of let her open that up a little bit. And Patrice, tell us about yourself and your company and like, I guess, you know, everything, everything about you and why you do this. Okay. Uh, like Joe said, my name is Patrice Graham and I own Colors of Yoga Raleigh. It's a yoga studio in downtown Raleigh and our focus is on building an inclusive yoga community. Um, and I started this because yoga can be very... Um, it can be a very narrow focus. Uh, it can look like all the yogis look the same. Everyone looks blonde, white, skinny. Um, and I wanted to make sure that people outside of that stereotype uh, knew that yoga was accessible and me- meant for them. So, um, yeah, we no matter what your race, gender, identity, body type, religion, any of that, you're welcome at Colors of Yoga. And... We do some yoga, build some community. We talk about hard subjects after class sometimes, um, but mostly we do yoga. Okay. Yeah. So, I based on the stereotypes that I know too, like when you say like yoga, can tend to be like vanilla. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right, and um, it's kind of a passion of mine. Uh, with like what I do is to help. I want to help minorities and help um, people of color because. I always share this piece is that out of all my travels all over the world, I've crossed every longitude in the world. I've lived in all different parts of the country and everything like that. And I lived in the islands and in St. Thomas for a few months. And I've never been treated with more care and respect than I have from people of color. Mm. I always thought that it's very special to me to like be able to share that because yeah. I, I really truly feel that. And I've always been very cared for. And uh, I think it's amazing what you're doing. So that's kind of why I wanted you on here too, to be able yeah. to share your story of like well, why you're doing this. And I think it's very important because it is good for the whole body. It's good for your mind. It's good for movement. Yes. You know, and people get so stuck in these stereotypes. They're stuck in these like, oh, this is just, this is this person's thing. Right. This is that person's thing. Yep. And like, you know, instead of like going, well, why can't I? Mm-hmm. Right. And like I always say that my stuff is like, there's no rules. Mm-hmm. Just don't hurt yourself or anybody else, and there really are no rules. Yep. So, it's, but it's breaking that. Exactly. So. Yeah, I think representation matters. So, I was going to a yoga class, and I was, like, the only non-white person in the room. Um, and But that's kind of my life. I'm used to being the only not-white person. and But for other people, that's a barrier that they weren't willing to overcome to go to yoga. And so our teachers all have different body types. We have white teachers. We have black women. Um, hoping to expand and okay. have all different types of people so that you, can, you can't be what you can't see, right? So that you can see a representation of you in some way in our teachers. Okay. There's a, it's really interesting to see, like, there's two different ways I've heard about it, with social media and stuff like that. And one of them I'm going to spin my way, and the other one someone else said... But they said, like, the internet and social media, it didn't change us as people. It exposed us to ourselves. Mm. Right? Because yeah. now we're, like, living, our insides are on our outside. Mm-hmm. People share everything. Right. Right? And yeah. now you're, you know, we're learning so much about things and so much is changing mm-hmm. in our world and our society. But we've now caused this other problem. And this is why I always say this, is that 
we've created this world where we live based on other people's opinions and their opinion of us is more than our opinion is of ourselves. Mm. And I say this way is that my way is better than yours. Your way sucks. <laughs> I don't have the courage to do it my way, so I'm going to make mm -hmm. fun of you for doing it your way. Yep. And now neither one of us will do anything because we're paralyzed in fear yes. of the other person's opinion. Yep. So real. <laughs> right? And I'm like, oh, like, that, everybody's wondering why we're not going anywhere. I'm like, everybody's so worried about the other person's thinking. Mm -hmm. And the other person is so lost in their phone and so lost in their own world that they're not even really, like, paying any attention to you. Right. At all. They're too overwhelmed with their own stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know? That's real. Think, yeah. So I think, yeah, like, what you're doing is getting... My girlfriend always said this too. She goes, I remember yoga being like, you know, 10 years ago where we'd go and we'd like wear whatever we wanted to wear and we'd like try things and we'd follow and we'd laugh and we'd giggle and like try getting into different poses, whatever. And we'd all hang out and we were doing yoga. And now it's all like your mat has to match your bottle and this has to do this mm -hmm. and like whatever. And it's like, when did that become that? Because it's, everything is for Instagram. Everything's for social media. And I think that a really big thing that comes up in yoga is that who you are off the mat is how you show up on the mat. So your control freak tendencies show up oh, on yeah. the mat too, or like you, your perfectionism shows up like, I have to nail this pose the correct way. And it, all of that shows up in your practice, shows up in how you show up on the mat is how mm -hmm. you show up in the world too. Yeah. So this performing culture from social media shows up in in yoga. Oh, I'm sure. All the time. I'm sure. Like, <laughs> hey, look at me. I'm trying to do a yeah. selfie while I do this yoga pose at the same yeah. time. Yeah. So we actually start class by like inviting people to do what's best for you. The whole rest of your life, you're spending. Someone's telling you what you should do, what you can't do. A boss is telling you that. Yeah. Family, friends are telling you what you should or can't do. Like in the yoga space, like have a little autonomy, like do what's best for your body. We're all built different. I am built way different than probably everyone else in the room. So what feels good for me might not feel good for you. And we're trying to mimic what the yoga teacher is doing and look like the yoga teacher instead of feeling it for ourselves. And right. this is really part of the practice of yoga is like trusting yourself and doing your own thing. So even if you're in child's pose or shavasana the whole time, you're doing yoga. Yeah, but we're so absolutely. trained to be like, let me follow. I have to do this right. And then you get in your head. And then it's not, it's like kind of defeating the purpose of yoga if you're so like uptight about it. And so like, let me perfect, bring your perfectionism to the yoga practice. It's like, okay, just breathe. Literally breathe. Yeah, let just go. hang out here and just like, <laughs> yeah. And that's why I really like there's this yogi, um, uh, Sad Guru. I don't know if you ever heard his name at all, but mm -hmm. I'll send him his, your stuff if you haven't heard of him. But, you know, we really dug deep into the, the unity of life mm -hmm. that is yoga, right? And we're thinking of, like, yoga is, like, this, like, physical mm -hmm. activity or whatever, and there's, like, so much more, yep. such a deeper level yeah. to, like, what it is. And, like, you know, with my stuff at MOVE, it's, like, I explain to people that a lot of my stuff has essences of yoga to it because I don't tell people how to do something. I say you're going to move from this point to this point, however you can. Mm -hmm. And I just let them rediscover themselves in space. Mm -hmm. And you're like, you know, it's, it's interesting because people get lost in, like, I call it lost in the cube or lost in your puzzle. And they'll be, like, trying to get from point A to point B, and they'll be stuck in this position. They're like, I don't, I don't know what to do next. And I was like, yeah. well, put your hand down. <laughs> they're like, oh, yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah. Right? Because it's just like, 
you are so lost in this puzzle, but you don't, you're not seeing the easy thing that you could, the easy route yes. you can take, this creative thing that you can go, oh, I can just turn this way. Yep. Or the people that struggle trying to like stay upright or stay on their hands and knees or like standing, and they can't figure out how to get to all the blocks, and I'm like, you know you can roll. Yeah. You can just lay on your back and roll around. They're like, oh yeah, I guess that would be a lot easier. And I was like, yeah. Yep. I've been so. stuck in that cube. I've literally been stuck in your cube of like, the perfectionism comes up and it's like, I have to touch this red ball with which hand? And it, and you yeah. just find out a lot about yourself. Yeah. Well, it's like, um, the, have you ever listened to Alan Watts at all? Mm-mm. He's a philosopher. He died like in the, the mid 70s. But he was talking about that. He goes, we train children out of their spontaneity, out of their spontaneous movement. Because mm-hmm. you can't have their child just start screaming or running off across the store. You want to like con- control yeah. the spontaneity. But then, you know, he, he kind of talked about it, like, you know, but now you put your child into dance class and they're trying, and it takes 10 years to train the spontaneity back into them to like be able to dance again. Right. Right. And it's crazy if we can like preserve some of that, you know, and like that's the cue. That's the, that's the being stuck trying to touch the red ball is because the spontaneous movement of like, well, I don't know if I'm right. Mm-hmm. I mean, what am I going to feel like if I'm wrong? Yeah. Like, and yeah. it's teaching people how to move through that, um, those failures or, or mm-hmm. like, you can't do it wrong, mm-hmm. right? And in life, there's like a better way, mm-hmm. but there's no wrong way. Right. You know, and I think that's what people didn't realize about yeah. yoga too. There is, there's, there's, there's no mm-hmm. right way to it. No, breathing, literally breathing is yoga. And going back to what you said too, is yoga literally means union and it's uniting so many things and poses. You're like rooting down and lifting up. Usually there's some kind of union of opposite forces or um, but it's also a practice. Like there's meditation that's part of yoga. It's it's really a lifestyle. It's a whole broad range of more. But all we know about in the West, mostly until we get really deep into yoga, is the asana, the physical postures that we do in a right. yoga studio. And that's all the people make time for. They're not going to make time to like sit in silence, or at least like the people that come to our studio, the beginners. Like mm-hmm. it's already hard enough. Everyone wants to check off a box, right? Like. And checking out the box to sit still is not usually on someone's list. But checking out a box to exercise or move, move, yeah, is on their list. So they that can check that off. But anything, the other parts of yoga, the other things that are so beneficial to people's lifestyle, like it's, it doesn't make it on the list. Yeah, like or it find, makes it at the very bottom of the list. Yeah, like finding self. Right. Right. Like. Right. There's this one talk I listened to. He's like, you know, most people are so afraid of themselves that they won't even try to find any of themselves. Uh-huh. Right? So, like, sitting in a, in a room by yourself in silence uh-huh. is, like, maddening to a lot of people. Right. You know? Yep. And it's like, for me, I love solitude. Like, I love being alone and alone with my thoughts and, like, trying to build something. You know, that's my creative mind. And I think I think the spontaneity and the creativity are the two very big important things that we need to sustain in children, in children growing up. Uh-huh. Because they need to be able to think on their feet and think critically and, th- and, and um, creatively enough to survive. Mm-hmm. And we take all that out of them, and then like, and we're you know hovering over them, trying to make sure nothing happens to them. Like mm-hmm. they have to they have to fall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then yoga, you have to fall yeah. a few times to like figure out what you're capable of. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's why I like the yoga is life. Yoga is 
the, all of life. It's like mm-hmm. the child learning how to walk that falls down a thousand times before he can learn how to walk. That's still yoga. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Because you just keep trying until yes. you figure it out. And you're learning about yourself, learning how to fall, like what happens when you fall. And fall the, the first time is always the hardest time, but you learn something every time you fall. Same yeah. with business. Like life, you learn something. We're so afraid of failing. Yeah. But that's, you get the, I get, I always take the lessons a hard way. So it's like when I take a really big fall and I really mess something up in the business or something, I learn that lesson, especially if it's involving money. I learn the lesson. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it comes back. Um, and I don't make that same mistake again. Mm-hmm. You get a little bit closer towards what you want by making those mistakes. Yeah. And like um, I've heard this before and I've experienced it, and I'm sure you have too. It's like, they would say, like, if you didn't learn the lesson from the first time it happened, it's going to come back around again until mm-hmm. you learn the lesson. Yep. Because so, life is very cyclical. Yes. It's like, oh, you laughed it off last time, but it was important. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to make sure you catch it again. Yep. And the second time, it's going to cost you. Mm-hmm. And almost did. Like, the first time, it was a friend. Because I kept saying, I'll, I'll see you tomorrow at such and such time. Well, I don't really follow days of the week. So by saying tomorrow, I was thinking Monday, not Sunday. Mm. and my friend she was like she doesn't work right now either or either but she doesn't work for anybody so she doesn't really have days of the week either and so I said tomorrow and I was like oh my and she sends me a message she goes hey where are you like are you okay because I'm never late really anywhere and I was like oh my god like I'm so sorry like she I just want to make sure you're okay because you're not really ever not here right well that was that was time one, and she's like, we both laughed it off because we, we both understand the problem of not having days of the week. Mm-hmm. Well, the next time it happened was with the client, and she was sitting here waiting for me. Because mm-hmm. she goes, you said tomorrow. And I was like, oh, Jesus, I put you down for Monday, not Sunday. Mm-hmm. You know? So that one cost me money. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. you know, that's still this, no different than falling in a pose a yep. hundred times to yes. figure it out. So, yes. you know. And you remember. You definitely remember. <laughs> you definitely remember. Um, so what are what are your class times? They're mostly after work. So um, 6 o'clock. We usually have like a 6 o'clock class and a 7.30 class. Okay. On Wednesdays we have a 4 o'clock and a 6 o'clock class. Um, and then on weekends we have morning cl- Saturday morning classes and then Sunday morning and then Sunday evening-ish. Okay. Yeah. Are they um, pretty big classes or are they more kind of quaint and kind of small? They're real intimate. So okay. 90% of the people that come are brand new to yoga. They're like, I'm a beginner, beginner. Like, okay. I've never tried yoga, maybe on YouTube. Um, but they, uh, so we keep the class small. 12 people is our max. Okay. That's a, that's a good information yeah. to have. So yeah. you're not walking into a room with 30 mm-hmm. people in there that have all done yoga yep. and like... And that's what everyone's thing is like. I feel like I'm gonna walk in. Everyone else knows what they're doing, and I'm gonna be the odd one out. Nope, not not that's like awesome. that. That's awesome. I really like that a lot. Yeah. You know, because I think that's missing. I think we have we needed that mm-hmm. space mm-hmm. for people to go. What even is yoga? Like what? Yeah. Like I don't. I know nothing about it. Yeah. Like it's not really my thing. It's not really been my thing. But I, maybe it will, maybe it will be my thing. Yes. Right. And you walk in and you have that feeling where you feel like you know you've walked in and everybody turns around and looks at your leg. Hi. <laughs> like, yeah. You know. And you probably still have that feeling, but we try to take away the barriers, like even the names of our classes. So there's different types of yoga, like vinyasa, um, yin, restorative. But if you've never done yoga, if you're not into yoga, this doesn't mean anything to you. <laughs> the words are like, like the, the labels are nothing. What? What yeah. is this? So like our Monday class is 
kind of a yin style, and yin style is you hold poses for longer, so it's like mm-hmm. a deep stretch, like getting a massage. Um, so you might hold a pose for like five minutes. Um, I've actually done one of those classes. Yeah. It's so one of my favorites. People They're, love it or hate it. I'm, yeah. I'm more of a vinyasa person, but um, they we call that class stretch and release, because what okay. are you doing? You're stretching, and you're releasing the tension in your muscles. Mm-hmm. So, And then the description goes into like, who this glass is good for and that the poses that you hold the poses for longer um we have another then we have intro to yoga which is self-explains like there's no this is for you this is for the beginners yeah um yeah and we have a our most popular class is relax and restore okay and so it's a restorative style class so you are literally just laying there like you could be in a very simple posture and hold it for a while. They've renamed the nickname of this class as adult nap time because you're okay. just laying there and people fall asleep every class. But okay. I think that's what we need more than anything. We are so active. We're always on the go from thing to thing, trying to check off our to-do list. Yeah. And we hardly ever take any time for rest. So people are like, oh, yeah, I do need to relax. I yeah. do need to restore my body. And they show up and it's, you're not like... If you fall asleep, fine, but really, if you're awake in those poses, you're not, like, your body isn't, in, like, you're not exerting a lot of physical movement, and yeah. you can, your body can rest, and then maybe your mind can rest. Yeah. I mean, we've, um, we've glamorized busy. Mm-hmm. Glamorized yes. it, we're like, oh, I'm so busy, I'm so yes. busy, I don't have enough time, I'm so busy, and I'm like, yeah. okay, first of all, like, busy doing what? Because you can say you're busy and running out of time, but are you productively busy? Right. Are you accomplishing something? Right. You know, and like people run around and run around thinking they're busy. And maybe they are. I'm not I'm not throwing anybody under the bus. Um, but to have a designated time to go and realize how much you can relax, how much you can let mm-hmm. go of that, because here's your hour, here's how how long is that class? An hour. An hour. Yeah. So you have an hour where you're just laying there yeah. or you're maybe moving around a little bit, you know, or yeah. maybe you're like just kind of exploring how you feel on the floor. Because a lot of people don't lay on the floor. Yes, yes. (laughs) You know, I talk to um, older people when I'm helping with, like, fall planning and understanding, like, the potential of falling and what they can do to prevent it. Or not prevent the fall, but, like, in case of falling. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people, even in 40s and 50s, are like, oh, I don't go on the floor because I can't get back up. I was like, okay. So think about that in this situation is that you said, I don't go on the floor because I can't get back up. When you're around somebody, other, uh, some other person, you're safe, you're able-bodied, you're not in pain, you're not lonely, you're not scared, mm-hmm. and you can't get off the floor. So what are you going to do in this case where this happens, this happens, this happens, this happens, and you break something, and you're alone by yourself, the phone's 20 feet away, and you're scared, and you're in a lot of pain, how are you going to get help? So yeah, it's, it's trying to really pull people back into reality yes. a little bit and go... You have to know what your body is capable of to go from point A to point B, mm-hmm. right? And like that's so. I what I do with older people is that it's essentially yoga. Is that I sit, we have them, I sit on the floor, and we're gonna pretend that you're you broke your right leg or you broke your right hip. So this can't touch the floor, and you're gonna go from here to here because over here this is where you fell, and over here is where the, where the phone is. This is help, mm-hmm. right? So without your right leg touching the floor, you're gonna go from this point to this point any way you can they're like well can you help me and I was like well I'll guide you but like I might not be there or anybody else might not be there so you need to like rediscover 
your own movement through space in your own reality. Mm-hmm. So I had that with an older client. She was 83. And I asked her about falling. And she goes, oh, I fell last year. I was fine. I was able to get back up. I was like, okay. So I took a chair. And I set a chair there on a mat. And I set her on the floor next to the chair. The phone is next to both of us. And I was sitting on the floor with her. And I was like, I want you to just try getting up into the chair. And she was really stubborn. And she, for 20, a little over 20 minutes, she tried to get up in the chair. And she couldn't. Mm-hmm. So I asked people. I was like, did I empower her? Or did I degrade her or make her feel worse right well she went and got a life alert button that day mm. right so now she has safety mm-hmm. right she doesn't have to crawl the 20 feet away because if she does now walk more because she feels like she has a way out and she's aware of what her body's capable of right right but even that exercise of the chair is still yoga right because it's her here's your task here's your mm-hmm. position in yoga or here's your task getting up off the floor and sitting in this chair. Mm-hmm. Right? So there's a lot of mixes in that. Yeah, there is. Yeah. You know? So, no, I think it's great, like, you know, the way you open it all up again. Because I think that's, that was, that's one of the best things I think we can have for yoga right now. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to ask you the, the big tough question. Okay. Like, what is your biggest why? Like, what is your why of, mm. is it, I'm going to let it just open it up. Okay. Just kind of see where you go with it. It's good because I had to remind myself of it today when I'm like, why do I have this studio? I want to close it. Um, and it's really to help people like me. So when I was thinking about an ideal client, I thought about myself and why I found yoga and why it was helpful for me. I think that um, especially people of color and almost everyone, we have a lot of trauma and grief in our lives. Mm-hmm. And we might not even be aware of it because we are just go, 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 and we don't sit down to take the time to really feel how we're feeling. And I think that yoga, I know that yoga helps you connect with more with yourself. So the union of, you know what, maybe I don't like this job. Maybe this relationship doesn't serve me. But if you don't ever pause and take right. a breath and, and sit with your feelings, sit with your thoughts, you probably won't know this stuff. So I think that especially our target demographic, people of color, especially women of color, are just have been had to be strong for themselves and everyone else, but don't really take the time overall, don't have the privilege of time and space to care for themselves. And so I want to make it, invite people in to care for themselves, to take a moment to breathe and move and connect with themselves, and then you can better connect with other people mm-hmm. from that. Yeah, I see that a lot with, um, so I, I'm i sure you use social media a decent amount for your business. Yep. And the stuff I work on in here is about helping people reconnect mm-hmm. and helping people connect through communication and like interpersonal relationships and communication. And so I don't use it I don't exploit the hashtag, but one of the ones that blows me away is that across all platforms, one of the largest hashtags you can use on social media is loneliness. Uh, And it's very real. Yeah. And it's like to, I think we've, um, we're so attached or connected yet not connected Uh because we've taken uh, the best way of this recently. It was like words are the least important piece of communication that we have. That's real. Because it's all about tones and inflections, mm-hmm. loving and caring and mm-hmm. compassion and all these things that that 
how much you can communicate face to face and never say a word. Right. And we've taken our entire society and switched to just words. So yeah. essentially, I was said this the other day is like we can you can essentially stand in a group of a thousand people and feel just as alone as you do by yourself. Mm-hmm. For sure. You know, yes. it's crazy. So yeah. like what you're doing is to be able to like let everybody just pause mm-hmm. and relax a little bit. And do you find that in those moments of like towards the end or like when p- more people are starting to communicate with each other because they're now relaxed and they're like, oh, I, I there's another human here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. There's the other th- people here. And yeah. like, I want to be part of this. And that's the other part of it, too, is building community. Because like you said, like I'm a millennial and I know air quotes what's going on in the lives of my friends but I don't really know because I don't sit with them I don't see them face to face so the other big part of that is we have tea after class just to invite people to sit for a little while and talk to other people and have that interaction and we talk about all the things you're not supposed to talk about on the first date when you're first getting to know someone religion and politics and all the hard topics but first of all we've moved so our body like we're physically ready for that conversation we're not as tense we're a little more relaxed physically and then you're there and again can see people's posture and how they react and their tone and how and physically see how they are reacting to the information that you're putting out and it really it helps me if it doesn't help anyone else like to just to to come back to connection because i have friends all over the place and I FaceTime them, I text them all the time, but it's just completely different than being in the room with someone and, and having that connection. I'm an energy person, I'm an empath, so like, energy is everything, and I don't get energy through text, and if I do, yeah. it's usually misinterpreted to be negative energy. <laughs> exactly, well, so that's the thing I teach people, is that like, when you read a text or read an email, you read it how you feel, mm-hmm. not how the person sent it. Mm-hmm. So... They might have been joking with you, right. and you had a really terrible day, or something happened to you, and you're like, "I can't believe you said that to me." <laughs> yeah. And then now you're mad at them, and like yeah. they have no idea why you're mad at them. Yeah. You know, and it's like you won't. You know, we're we're, we're missing that that mm-hmm. a huge chunk of that communication. Right. That would change so much, like yeah. person to person. But, um, no, I think it's really cool that you can like open those conversations up, and that there's actually something I've learned. Because I was like all about mental toughness and like trying to create resiliency in my mind and like, you know, all this kind of stuff. And what was really interesting was learning about um, the the strength, our strength, our courage, our power comes from serotonin, mm. not from our mind. Mm. Serotonin is the love chemical, mm-hmm. right? So like one of the biggest lessons I've learned over the last few years is that I became stronger by finding more feeling and more emotion in myself and being able to love deeper and enhance relationships and stuff with people he became stronger we're strong through love we were born through, from love and we're and that's the basis of the world is that that's where our power comes from and by reconnecting people back in these relationships that they can have you know they've moved around they've relaxed and now they have this like intimate relationship with these other people that they've had in the room and I'm sure that helps open up those harder conversations because mm-hmm. now they have this power they, they were mm-hmm. missing. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And we so value logic over emotion, so it's really cool to hear you say that, like, no. No, it's, it's very your real. Your feelings are helping you with the power rather, like, yeah. No, it's changed my life. Like, <laughs> it's changed my life because I'm a very, I mean, I've been in some sort of analytics or logistics mm-hmm. since I was 10 years old. 
So all I know of the world is how I can put it together. Right. Right. So it wasn't until recently in the last year or so where I really found that it doesn't matter how much you know and how things work and how things go put together and like the analytics of it and all the logistics of it and all the math of it if you're missing the love part <laughs> because you can be as smart as you want but if nobody wants to be around you or if you don't want to lay or if you don't have the courage to stand in front of another person and our courage comes from that the love of ourself yeah yeah, <laughs> I know it's been it's been a long journey for me. Yeah, so. that's really empowering because I've been I've had analytical jobs before, but my feet like I'm also very emotional. Like I can do both, but mm-hmm. emotions usually I would get in trouble for the emotion part. And like I know I just feel, but yeah, now I'm, especially in the yoga world, like my intuition is guides me so much more than numbers and and. You know seminars that tell me how I should be doing things like yeah. like no this feels right to me yeah the intuition is very powerful yes and and finally I'm starting to listen to it because it's been to. there <laughs> you have to it's so powerful to like let go like mm-hmm. to relinquish some control of your life and go somebody's got this mm-hmm. something's got this mm-hmm. right so I explain it, and you'll understand this now because you've been working on this for over a year now, right? Mm-hmm. How long has it been? Two, two years. Has it been two years two. already? Yeah. Wow, congratulations. <laughs> Thanks. Um, but I, w- I wake up in the morning, and, I, and like something wakes you up. Something. I don't know. It's a mm-hmm. feeling. It's a, it's a drive. It's, it's, a, it's something that makes you go, we've got to keep going. You can't stop. Mm-hmm. You can stop for a little bit. You kind of get, get your bearings, but you've got you to keep going. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what that is. It's like this divine power, or like mm-hmm. this. If it's like uh, our intuition, or if it's our soul, if it's something, when you're truly passionate about something, mm-hmm. then it just wakes you up. Yeah. And I try to explain that feeling to some of my friends, but they've always had jobs. They've always worked for somebody else. They never had. They've never felt the true struggle of like, if I don't get more people, I don't eat food. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and that's yep. a whole different animal yep. to play with. Yeah. You know, but like something wakes you up. Something picks you yeah. up and drives you and makes you like get out of bed in the morning yeah. yeah and even drives you to to what you're doing and how you're doing it because I'm sure if you're like me I didn't you know grow up thinking I'm gonna be a yoga teacher and I'm gonna open up a yoga studio yeah like, that's not this is so far off the path of what I thought I was going to do that it it's unbelievable even to me yeah but I'm sure you don't regret it. No, not at yeah. all. I mean, some days. It's challenging. Yeah. I'm like, why am I doing this? And then, <laughs> as soon as I start to doubt it, like, literally today, yesterday and today, it's, it's just hard, as we talk about a lot, like, being an entrepreneur and, and having those things and having people that don't understand that. Um, anyway, and but every time I'm like, oh, I can't do this. Why am I doing this? Um, before I even get to like what my why is, there's some sign from the universe that's like, here's a little gentle reminder. Keep <laughs> right, going. Right, like, just keep just going. dangling the carrot in front of my face like, yeah. okay, well, just do this and then we'll give you another reward. We'll just kind of put this. Yeah. I feel know. those same things. They get weird. <laughs> like the farther and farther you go down the into the forest, you know, I'm 11 years into my forest. So like, we, like there's really not a quit anymore because it would... You've walked eleven years. Mm-hmm. Like there's, you turn around and it's just as dark the other yeah. way as it yeah. is where you're going. So, 
you know, um, but it's like, oh, the feeling, you know, there was this, um, the video I watched, it was like a compilation of like all these older videos, these older billionaires and stuff from like the 80s. Mm-hmm. And this guy on there, like very first one, it was like, you're, you listen to content, like um, business content and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And there's those little nuggets that like kind of smack you in the head and you're like, oh, Jesus, I needed that one. Thanks. And this guy said this, and I think it'll really ring true for you because you are, you're doing something the same but very different, mm-hmm. right? And, and it's necessary and it's built from love, right? So there's these things that help anyways. But he said this, he goes, when you're doing something different than everybody else has done it, success follows you around like a shadow. Mm-hmm. Because the universe wants you to win. Mm-hmm. And it's going, yeah, they're doing it. Help them out a little bit. They're doing it. <laughs> You know, like when you feel yep. really down, you're like, you know, let me let me give you a little yeah. gift, you know. Yep. And I, I come up with this like saying um, in regards to like the creative process, and it kind of really fits with yoga, and it really fits with like entrepreneurship and really life in general, is that we're giving the we're given the power in our own mind to create our own reality, mm-hmm. and the printer has all the toner and all the ink you can possibly imagine. You can literally print anything you want. But the person that's the creator, by the time they've come up with their idea and the printer is almost ready to start printing, we've already left our idea and moved on to something else because it didn't happen fast enough, Uh right? Because the printer is very slow. It takes a really long time to get the printer Uh going, right? Because it takes all this math and all all this effort to like get the thing spinning and now your now your machine's spinning, right? But here's the last piece is as you know in printing and everybody else probably listening to this knows about printing, is that the size of your print job, right? Whether it's printing in color or printing in black and white or like 3D printing or anything like that, the cost of the print job is equal to the size of it. So what are you willing to pay? What are you willing to sacrifice or pay to print your creation uh-huh. or your dream. How big is your ambition? Because uh-huh. your ambition is directly correlated to the cost of your printing and how long it'll take to print it. Uh-huh. So that's yeah. yoga. How long does it take to get to this position? Right. Yeah. Right? It's practice. Yeah. Right. Self-discipline and consistency and all these things that people struggle with. Yeah. And yoga <laughs> can teach you that. Yes. You know, it's just like... Um, we want to move too fast, mm-hmm. you know. And there's yeah. like, um, in we we look at SEO stuff and the internet and like web pages and like speed of web pages. You know, with what Google does is 20 years ago when the internet really came online more commercially, the industry standard to load a web page was between four and five minutes. And if Google Google indexed your website if it doesn't load in less than, or like around 2.8 seconds or less than four seconds. Wow. So that's the speed difference yeah. between like, oh, we were totally patient enough to wait five minutes for this mm-hmm. web page to load because it's something new and different. But now if your phone takes four seconds to load a web page, you're like, yeah, screw this. I'm like, I'm moving on. That's cra- Yeah, that's crazy. And that's the that's, speed of our world. And yeah. it's going it's to keep getting faster. So we have to be able to find these places, like what, what you're doing, to be able to slow down mm-hmm. and to go, whoa. Like, I need to, like, I go to the forest, mm-hmm. which I'm in dire need of it because I haven't been there in too long to even mention. Um, 
but that's my reconnect. I need that. I need that solitude. I need that 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 nurturing. Mm-hmm. You know, to like slow us down a little bit because I move very quickly. Mm-hmm. You know, and you move very quickly. We have all these things going on. Everybody's like so busy. Right. Right. So you have to be able to balance busy with the opposite. Everything's a, everything has a, a, a mm-hmm. positive and negative. You know, so we're not slowing down. Then you're you're we're trying to cure diseases. But how many diseases are caused by busy? Yep. Almost. That's a big issue. And yeah. And even on the benefit side of it, when you slow down, when like I'm sitting and meditating, I come up with the best ideas because my brain can shut down. I'm not trying to control. Mm -hmm. And then the creative process can happen and I can take in things instead of outputting. Like we need to input too. So while you're resting, you're in like you're still bringing things in. You're still productive, right? If that's what you're looking for, but we just don't we, because we value busy so much. We don't see the the benefits of the, the slowing down and the rest. Yeah, but like the um, you know if you look at Mozart and Beethoven, all these guys like like Mozart especially, they always say like like an entire symphonies would come out of his head completely finished, mm-hmm. right? Because he's like you start something and then you kind of put it away. And I do that a lot. I'll start, like, I'll write, like, a paragraph or I'll write a note. Mm-hmm. Then I'll come back and I'll write three paragraphs about that note, like, I don't know, a month later. Because it's still happening inside of there. Mm-hmm. You, you triggered it. You started the process. Mm-hmm. So now every time I listen to, to content or, like, to different dialogue or reading a book or whatever, like, my brain looks for the things that I need to learn from what I'm doing mm-hmm. and plugs it in. So then three weeks later you get this thing back out and you're like, oh, I know so much about this now. And you're like, you start writing it. Yeah. You know, and that's that the creative process happening inside your mind anyways. Mm-hmm. You're subconscious. So, but yeah. Oh, Pretty awesome stuff. Yeah. So, um, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you? Okay. So, Colors of Yoga Raleigh. So, it's Raleigh.com and at Colors of Yoga on Facebook and Instagram. Okay. And we're in downtown Raleigh. The studio's in downtown Raleigh. Okay. Do you have an address? 16 Glenwood, South Glenwood Avenue, Suite 30B. Okay. Probably. Awesome. Yeah. Well, it was an absolute pleasure to have you here. Yeah. Thanks for this and talk. Yeah. We'll, we'll definitely get back together because it's my stuff and your stuff it co-mingles yep. very, very well. Yeah. So I think uh, there's some exciting things coming in the future. So yes. it was a pleasure. Thank you, Jeff. All right. Good talking. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Stay tuned for our next episode. If you'd like to share your story, you can contact me at Another New Perspective 101 at gmail.com or by phone at 984-212-4308. Have an amazing day.